Welcome to Victory Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. Amen. God bless you. It's good to be here with you today and feel the presence of the Lord and uh, I really appreciate your pastor and I just feel a faith from her and an overcoming spirit and uh, it's wonderful to hear. Amen. And uh, I've never preached here. Boy, do I hear about this church all my life, but I've never been here. So this is great to be able to come. I was sharing with the pastor that uh, my great-grandfather, Roy uh, Roy Maine, was the first pastor here at this church, and he was the one to introduce Pentecost to the area him and his wife and uh, so yes my roots go deep uh, in this area and uh, also my son had to be his great great grandfather so uh, my son and wife are were filling in for me today she's pastoring a church but she filled in for me at the truck stop today I said Matthias you, you take care of mom now <laughs> you don't let those burly truckers <laughs> get a hold of her. <laughs> Amen. But uh, they did good this morning and had a, a driver there that was uh, saved but really needed encouragement from the Lord. And uh, so that was really good. That was in Breezewood. We do a Sunday morning service inside the truck stop. Now, I don't know how many. No, but uh, I have been quite a journey that I've been on, and uh, I am one of those COVID victims. And uh, so I have a lot to share this morning of God's miracle power. Hallelujah. Uh, But I thank the Lord for your prayers. Prayers went out all over the place for me, and uh, I just amazed uh, of the hundreds of cards that came in uh, and those that I didn't even know that ended up writing us and saying they were praying for us. Hallelujah. And uh, God came through. And my advocate, my wife, she got the word out. And uh, to all the churches, all the people, and people begin to pray. And I am a walking miracle. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. You are the first church out of my local area that I've gone out to to preach. So uh, my wife cried as I left this morning. Now she was away from me from uh, November. Well, it ended up being 106 days that I was in the hospital and rehab and most of that time uh, was a lockdown where you could not visit your loved ones and which was a crime Uh, I want to tell you something when you're alone uh, thank thank God he's there because when, when you don't have anyone else to share with and your family isn't there you need the Lord and I thank God he heard my prayers. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I am a U.S. missionary to the truck drivers. My dad started this ministry uh, 46 years ago, I think so. And uh, he uh, just started out drawing on paper how you could reach truck drivers with a rolling chapel. And he would go around and preach how the Lord wanted to raise up a ministry to truckers. And I was just the boy, and I watched this ministry grow, and I grew up 
riding those trucks and staying in, in truck stops hearing those trucks rolling by and uh, so I came into the ministry through the miracles I saw through that ministry of headlight and trucking and I later came and joined my dad and uh, but when he answered the call he said uh, he just said to the Lord when he said Lord he said Sam will you take the gospel to the truck driver and my dad said I don't know how but if you'll be a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. I'm your man. Hallelujah. And he answered the call. And we have the ministry today, which we have two rolling chapels. And the trail is built like a church. And we take that right in to the truck stops and give drivers an opportunity to find the Lord. Now, I've got a few couple tests left to take care of and before I can get back in that rig and so you keep praying for me amen that I uh, am able to climb back in that truck and I've been pulling them in and out of the garages and getting kind of warmed up <laughs> and, uh, and shifting gears a little bit so <laughs> so you pray I can get back on the road and uh, that's where those chapels need to be out there in those truck stops. Amen. Someone asked and said, is there still a headlight in trucking? Well, yes, there is. Praise the Lord. And I'm thankful that he has stayed with us uh, through all the pandemic and things. We lost some support, but praise God, he's regaining us and getting us back on track. And then everything I went through, uh, it's really a miracle. Anything is left. But uh, I praise God he's with us, and I'm going to get into more of that. Glad to have John Kennedy with me. Uh, I, I have had quite an experience, and many have told me to write a book about it. Uh, I'm not much of a writer in my own eyes, and I thought I tried to start a book, and I thought, well, I think we should get it out before nine years from now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I thought I need a little help. So I told uh, my brother John, he's done some articles for us in the past, and uh, he's graciously come out to help me. And uh, so he's been with us the last few days and appreciate him greatly. Amen. Amen. And uh, he'll be flying back today. So you pray for his traveling mercies today. Amen. Praise God. You can turn in your Bibles to John chapter 11 verse 44. I thank God for Pentecost. Thank God for power. I'm glad we don't just have to go through a religious routine this morning. But we are here and Jesus is here. Because He said where two or three are gathered in His name, I am in the midst. Hallelujah. And I want you to know whatever you're carrying with you today, whatever burdens your heart, that Jesus is interested in you. He cares about you. And He's no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. And if He'll reach His Holy Spirit down to an old truck driver and bring him up out of a sinful life and save his soul, hallelujah, then He cares about you. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. This Scripture says, I just want to read verse 44 out of chapter 11. And this is about Lazarus being raised from the dead. It says, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, loose him and let him go. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise the Lord. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is here. He can loose you, 
and he can let you go. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be found in your house. Thank you for this pastor that has a vision for this area. I pray you lift her up today. Let her know you have her path set out before her. And God, you're going to add to the church. And Lord, we're going to see great things happen in these last days. Father, we pray for America right now that you would give us a great awakening for surely we're groping around in darkness and we need your marvelous light. I ask you, God, to come on the scene today. And Lord, if there's one in this room that has gone astray and they know they need to make things right with God, that they would receive you this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. The first instruction Jesus gave to Martha was to roll away the stone. I want to tell you something. She said, surely he stinks. Well, if you're King James, he stinketh. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, there's a, a boundary in all our lives. I've prayed for people that have been sick and their sickness was a sickness unto death. It ended up, and I prayed, I fasted. Theirs ended up a sickness unto death. I don't understand all these things. All I know, I have breath today. And as long as this body has breath, I'm going to give Him praise. And I'm going to be at work for His kingdom. There are stones that get in the way of receiving a miracle. Now, this was a little challenging when Martha was asked to move the stone, when he was told well, they were told to move that stone. Because I might lose my dignity. You know, he stinketh. There's a lot of things in our life that is a big stone in front of us that keeps us from having a miracle. And I got to say one thing as a person, I'm a walking miracle today before God. And the whole reason is somebody rolled a stone. Jesus did not do it supernaturally, but someone had to put their hands on that stone and be obedient and move it. Hallelujah. And my wife got on Facebook and she began to tell people that I was in a desperate situation and that I needed a miracle. And I'm telling you, something happened. Woo! Hallelujah. A stone got rolled away. Hallelujah. And Jesus came on the scene and he called me out. Woo! Hallelujah, God. He called me out. He stopped in Denny's one night. And, of course, I'd been reading up on all the things going on, you know. Back November 16th of 2020 is when I was admitted into the hospital. But, you know, when a storm hits you, when those first few waves come or maybe a shower hits you, you don't think this is a life-threatening situation. I'm sure when those disciples were on the boat with Jesus and the storm just didn't come on right then, all of a sudden it's so desperate. No, it's a gradual thing it can be gradual it can be an attack it can be a broadside hit but it's a storm my first taste of a storm was ketchup i took some ketchup from denny's and it tasted like tar 
and I what in the world? And I I might have been feeling a little run down. And I tasted that ketchup. And I, what in the world? My wife tasted it. It's fine. Oh, of course, I'd heard like you know by now, maybe some of you know personally, and uh, that this COVID messes with your taste and with your smell. So all of a sudden, I said, oh, something's going on here. And I was starting to worry that uh, something was happening. But never would you think this is life-threatening when it first hits you. Either is sin when you first get involved. Isn't it the truth? Yeah. Satan invites us to come in and partake. And he just keeps wrapping cords around us. He binds us up till we're so bound we can't get free by ourselves. We need Jesus to call us out. And to say, come forth, Lazarus. Come forth. Thank God we have testimonies here of a day when you decided, I'm going to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. And He washed your sins away. Praise God. And He made you whole. He made you whole. As the week went on, I didn't really feel too sick. And... Uh, not a bad thing. I've had flus put me down worse than this as far as feeling. But I just noticed I, my breathing got heavier and I just didn't have the breath. And I knew something was going on. I got finally had talked to a nurse practitioner we know and she encouraged me to get to the hospital. So I go into Bedford, Pennsylvania to the hospital. I walk in there, double lung pneumonia, would have never dreamed it. Got tested, it was positive for COVID and there weren't any hospital beds. No room in the inn. <laughs> Hard to believe in it. It's a crazy world we're living in. Yes. Now with the ones that aren't getting vaxxed, you know, the nurses are leaving. I heard one place 120 nurses leaving. What are we going to do? You know, we're we're going to need some people to help us here. But anyway, uh, it ended up, he said, I can do two things. I can hold you here in the emergency room for a while. Or I'll let you go home on oxygen. So I said, well, I'll just go home. He told me to watch out my oxygen levels. And if it got a certain point, you get into the emergency room again. So I went home. It just got worse that night. And before the night was over, I'm heading. I knew there wasn't any beds in Bedford. So I thought, well, I'll get in Cumberland and a nurse practitioner helped me to get in there. We drove in. By the time I'm getting there, I'm coughing so hard I can't stop. I'm embarrassed. Why? Because I didn't want to give it to anybody. And uh, they're rolling me into this hospital and I'm coughing down the hall uncontrollably. And uh, it just got worse and worse. I want to tell you something. You better, I, I, I'll tell you what, I'm living now more for eternity than I did then. Amen. Yeah. I, I was saved, wasn't living in sin, but I'll tell you, I, I'm thinking more about heaven than I've ever thought. And I think that's, the kind of day we need to we need to be focusing on eternity because everything here is going to pass away money will be given to someone else our lands will be auctioned off all these things that we call possessions 
I was storing up for the real possessions. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So it's two things. Things just got worse and worse and worse. It got so bad. They wanted to put me on that ventilator. And there I was facing that and I knew that was not a good sign. So I fought it all I could. They had a pot there I could go to the bathroom on close to my bed. It probably wasn't even four to five feet away. And I'm trying to get to that pot to go to the bathroom. They were giving me some kind of antibiotic and everything was going through. <laughs> so I'm trying to get to that pot and I, I didn't feel like I was 52. I felt I was like 102. It was terrible. I remember coming back to my bed and sitting on the side of the bed. No rest. You want to talk about a, a spiritual warfare going on. At night in those hospitals, the cloud would just come in and you had to encourage yourself in the Lord to keep the victory. I wasn't dealing with small things here. This was big because it was an attack against my ministry, an attack against my soul. He wanted to take my life out. Yeah. Got worse and worse. One time I sat down, saw my oxygen at 58. And I, I should have been on a ventilator then, but I was fighting it off. <laughs> so I'm trying to breathe to get this thing up. High flow oxygen anyway. And I'm, I'm trying to get that up so the doctor wouldn't see the number when he walked by. They come into my room begging me to get on the ventilator. I said, well, I got people praying for me. And uh, I said, can you at least wait till 6 o'clock? <laughs> and there, finally one nurse gets mad and she says, well, we've already had three die tonight. I said, what am I, number four? <laughs> and uh, so I, I just, on now, I gotta say this. When you're in a situation like that, you make things right with God and you make things right with man. And I had a little, I wanted to make sure everything was right. I didn't know where things were going. I called my wife. My mom and dad have been wonderful my whole life. I said, I don't know where this is going. They're getting ready to put me on this ventilator. I said, don't give up on me. And I said to him, I said, it's in God's hands. It's in God's hands. I went on that ventilator Lung collapse, kidneys went dead. It was a dire situation. Three times I faced death. Three times, uh, very serious situations. Two different times I had to call my wife and they thought they were, I was passing. Chaplain threw his cross on me put his arm around my wife and said, it's his time to go. It's his time to go. Can you imagine? And the doctors gave me no hope. One doctor said, you might as well face it. He's not walking out of here. My wife was in such a battle, a tug of war, because that's the way it is. There's a stone sitting there saying no. There's a stone sitting there saying he stinketh. There's an obstacle. The obstacle for her was the professionals were telling her it's over. Put him on morphine and let him go. Now that's a hard place to be in. But thanks be to God. One of those times, 
And this is how God uses people. A young girl calls right after they'd given me CPR. I'd coded and they gave me CPR. She calls in and for text, you know, now it's text messaging. <laughs> Sends my wife a message. Says, I just felt I needed to tell you about my dreams. Now this is 4.30 in the morning. She, her baby cried and she got up and somehow she got me on her mind. She said, I had to tell you my dreams. One dream I was in the hospital when we prayed for Shannon and he just gets up and he walks to the bathroom and washes off his face just like he wasn't even phased. Healed. She said, the other dream we were in this big worship service, people praising the Lord. And she says, there was a casket on the platform. And she says to my wife, and here Shannon gets up in the middle of that worship service and starts dancing around the casket. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Lord was showing her there was a purpose. There was a plan. It wasn't over. What's the scripture say? When uh, Jesus answered, he says, if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Hallelujah. If you'll believe today, you will see the glory of God. If you'll move that stone out of the way, you will see the glory of God. Hallelujah. My son, she was in, my, my wife was in undecision back and forth. One person telling her that she's talking to the nurse practitioner that we knew. She's saying, don't give up. He's not totally, you know, that's what the ventilator's for. She's pleading with my wife. So there's, there's two ways to go, two roads. You've got to make a choice. Do just leave the stone for the sake that he stinketh? Do I just leave that stone there? Uh, do I not walk to that altar because I might lose my dignity? Would, will my neighbor see that I'm starting to go to church? It takes something for a truck driver to come onto a chapel in front of all his peers and to say, I need something so bad that I'm willing to go on a rolling church in front of everybody. When they make that decision, they usually mean business. And they usually come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. My son was out in the hallway. She told him to wait out there. He goes out there, out in the hall. They're doing CPR on a woman right in the hall. He's surrounded with death. Surrounded with negatives. Don't read your newspaper too much. Don't stay hooked on the news too much. You're gonna get wrong direction. We've got to stay in God's Word which tells you to live by faith, not by sight. Here's two paths for my wife to take. Two paths my son has seen. Somehow, God spoke to him and said, keep him alive. When he said it to my wife, she said a, a faith came in her when he said it and said, yes, we're keeping him alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. It was in his hands. Hallelujah. And someone decided, hallelujah, we're going to move that stone. Something supernatural happened when they made that decision. People started getting a hold of God. People began to pray. They met outside my hospital. 
and they would be around the hospital praying for me. Prayers came all over the country, around the world. People from other countries saying they're praying for me. Big group in Jamaica, churches that we bring in for camp meetings and different things from Jamaica. All those churches were praying for me. One girl said she never fasted a day of her life. Never fasted as a Christian. But she found herself fasting three days for me. Three days. Hallelujah. Now, I'll take their love anytime. Hallelujah. Praise God. Someone cares for you when they fast three days for you. One pastor, believe it or not, he fasted 65 days for me. For me? I can, I'm unworthy. God, I'm not worthy of this blessing. I'm not worthy to stand on this platform to communicate to you. I'm just a man just like anyone else. But God had mercy on my soul. He had mercy on my soul. The battle wasn't over. While I am facing this, my wife's, everything's coming to pieces at home. It was an all-out onslaught against our ministry, against our home. Furnace went down. TV blew up on Christmas Eve. Roof started leaking. Faucet went bad. <laughs> my son ended up a plumber. <laughs> and, uh, the commode went Hey, wife. I mean, I said, you dirty devil. You dirty devil. Hey, how many knows he don't play fair? I want to tell you, he doesn't play a game fair at all. He's a cheater. And he'll kick you when you're down. He'll lay more on you. But oh, thanks be to God, I don't ever want to claim to know what Job went through. But I just had a little taste. A little taste. But oh, what God was about to do. Thank you, Jesus. I almost died three times, but three times I had a dream. I had many dreams. Someone asked me, did you see angels? And they know, but I saw some devils. <laughs> it was warfare. I dreamed I was being marched into a cemetery. Three times I died, almost died in the natural. Three times I'm being marched. This dream occurs where I'm being marched, escorted into a cemetery, and there is a cemetery vault open and they're marching with his leader with a helmet on. He's marching me forward with people on my side and they're getting ready to throw me into this cemetery vault. As I walk there, I'm getting closer and closer. You can imagine the sweat coming off my brow in this dream. I'm feeling the pressure. I know I'm getting ready to be cast into a... Uh, grave and I plead the blood of Jesus say so you can't throw me in there I have the blood of Jesus Amen. got right to the edge can't throw me in I plead the blood of Jesus the parade stopped hallelujah that dream would reset to the beginning and I'd start to march again. Three times. I didn't know I was that close to death. But three times the old devil was trying to usher me in to a grave. But thanks be to God. Amen. He heard my prayer. Jesus. And Jesus called my name and said, Shannon, 
come forth. Hallelujah. And I'm here today to testify of the goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord. He is faithful. I want you to know today, God can do anything. God can do anything. When they first sat me on the side of the bed to think about doing therapy, the room was upside down. <laughs> I said, dear God, I'm never going to walk again. You ever feel like that? I can't, I can't go on. I just feel like everything's caving in on me. And boy, when they sat me on the side of my head, just wanted to go right to the floor. It's just like everything was off. And I said, dear Jesus, how am I, I going to get, get back on my feet? It's a physical battle, but it was a mental battle. It got so bad, a doctor came and, you know, they're prodding and poking. Come in early morning, get more blood. Oh my goodness. I wish I had a little better veins. <laughs> How many can say amen to that? Maybe a better nurse. <laughs> <laughs> that knows how to get the veins up. <laughs> I'd be all black and blue all over my arms, you know, coding and prodding and prodding. And, and uh, <laughs> oh Lord, what a time. And uh, Jesus, He just helped me. He helped me so bad. He helped me so greatly. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, when I was, the terrible thing was to be separated. And this doctor came and touched my shoulder. So she, it was a touch that was, wasn't a doctor, regular touch. What, what my point was, it wasn't a regular touch, but it was, it was a little emotion. And she said to me, you're, you're going to make it. Well, I hadn't seen my wife. I hadn't seen my family. I mean, you know, we're trying to communicate on the phone, but I mean, I can't talk out of trade. Lips had, I was cotton mouth. Thank God for a doctor that somehow read my lips. They weren't even going to give me ice. And there I was thirsty. I could actually think of Lazarus that was in hell. Would you touch just, just a drop of water on my lips. That's how I felt. Couldn't eat, couldn't drink. This doctor came through, he's an Egyptian. And he looked at me. He said, give him ice. I said, hallelujah, buddy. You should run this hospital. <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> but even still, there were nurses that counted the ice cubes. And I thought, dear Lord, you got to be kidding me. I can't have a half of one. <laughs> no, you got that for your quota. <laughs> oh, it was awful. Just to tell you, I, I know what it is to suffer, but I know what it is to be brought out. Thank you, Jesus. A doctor touched me, I broke. Broken tears. I said, whoa. I didn't re where'd all this emotion come from? And it was a, an emotion I hadn't been touched. I hadn't been, uh, you know, been around my wife. I hadn't been around my family. I had no real love. And just that little touch from that doctor, I just broke in tears. And I thought, you know what? I'm in trouble. <laughs> Because I was starting to fight my mind. I thought, I got to talk to somebody. I, I'm still messed up with my voice. I hope I'm not holding you too long here. Just going to be a few more minutes. But they finally put a cap. They took 
put a cap in here in this hole where they put the tray. And I was able to talk with that cap. See, my wife, she thought I lost my faith. She, we couldn't communicate. I'm on FaceTime, you know, we're looking at each other, but she can't understand a word I'm saying. So she don't know what's happening. You know, I'm frustrated. She tell I'm frustrated. Well, I can't communicate. Frustrated. She thought I'd lost my faith. Satan came at me with dreams. I'm telling you, I have the most faithful, wonderful wife. And Satan tried to hammer me. And I talk about being kicked when you're down. And in that, in that vulnerable situation when I couldn't see her, Satan had put in my dreams that she was unfaithful to me. Now that's how the devil works. That was a, straight from hell. Yes. Tried to shake everything that I had, even my faith in my life. So she'd been worried about me. She thought I lost my faith. And there, there, uh, when they put that in my that cap, the first words, and she was on FaceTime. I said, "Hallelujah." Praise the Lord! And she just broke crying. Hallelujah. And she realized I hadn't lost my faith. Praise God. First thing I did, I, I'm, I'm winding up. First thing I did, I called my representatives. I was getting their phone number. And I called my representatives. One in Bedford, one in Somerset County. And I said, you want to be the greatest politician ever? I said, let the families come in and visit their loved ones. Well, it ended up, they talked to me. They said they'd pray for me. I was encouraged. They said, they really listened to my story. Of course, I hadn't talked in how long, so I had a lot to say. But they listened. <laughs> Folks, when I got my phone and I went to, that evening before I went to sleep, I said, God, you've got to do something. I want, I've got to see my wife. I think I was right on the edge. I was took right to the edge. And that night I said that prayer, please hear me, Lord. Get my wife in here. The next morning, the nurses came in and they said, did you hear? They're going to let the visitors come in. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know if I bent the politician's ear or got a hold of God. I don't know which one it was. But I want to tell you, it sure happened fast. And then came my winter wonder dream. Joe Biden, when he debated, remember the thing he said? It's going to be a long, dark winter. <laughs> I said, Lord, I didn't think he's cursing me personally. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it was a long, dark winter. But here was coming my winter dream. She came in, oh, what a wonderful wife. She stuck with me. She got the word out there. She was my advocate. Hallelujah. When I got home, I had a big parade waiting for me. Some of you may have saw the video. I don't know. But there they waited as I came home there. It's a powerful time. And there's still, you know, I'm still weak on Walker, six on the oxygen. I, I mean, I just brush my teeth and be exhausted. And so, uh, a long way to go. But my wife stuck with me and she helped me. And I'm, you know, God's concerned about all things. And I just kind of made a little joke. John was joking when he said, She does everything for you. I'm kind of getting used to it. <laughs> a little too. too. 
too much. <laughs> but anyway, I said, it was Easter time, and I said, well, do I get an Easter basket this year? <laughs> I was pushing it a little too far. <laughs> and no joke, the same day, I get a knock on my door, and here a neighbor lady brings me an Easter basket this big. And I said, God, you've heard every prayer. Now the challenge in that when I was in rehab and all those things, Satan hammered me. Am I going to have a setback? There's people I prayed for in that rehab and they didn't make it. One died of a blood clot. And uh, so it, it was constantly in your mind because the devil... I knew how many weeks I had till I got home. So Satan's hammered me. You're going to have a setback. But you know what? God took care of it all. He took care of it all. I got my papers, you know, the bills. said brain damage. I said, well, he finally diagnosed me. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> said I had brain damage. <laughs> I knew they thought my wife did speaking in tongues. She, she wasn't holding back, brother. She was laying on the oil and speaking in tongues. <laughs> and uh, But I'm here today. What's your stone? What's God asking you to do? I was amazed to see people become selfless for someone else. I couldn't believe it was me. People I, I didn't think cared about me. I didn't know they cared that much. People that I used to just say hi to. Cried when they saw my video of me coming home. People got a burden. I don't know what it takes to move that stone, but somebody did Somebody did. It took someone's hands. Now you have a church here. You've got a wonderful pastor. God's wanting to do something. But there's a stone to move. And He's asking you to put your hand on that stone. Have faith in God. And it says, Thou wouldest believe Thou shouldst see the glory of God. This church can experience the glory of God. This area can experience the glory of God. And I want you to know that you can receive it. Let's roll that stone today so Jesus can do the miracle. Amen? Yes. Praise the Lord. Stand here, people. Praise the Lord. I don't know who's here today and what you're going through. Maybe someone here you walked in and you're not saved. Today is the day of salvation. Receive Him today. Maybe you're not in step with the Lord today and you say, I've backslid, I've gotten away, I'm not where I need to be. And you'd say, I'm going to move that stone and I'm going to start going toward Jesus for His miracle in my life. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So if someone here like that would say, I need to make things right with God. You know what? I'm not going to call you to the order. I'm just going to tell you to step out in this aisle and stand. If that's you, then you're going to say a prayer. Anyone like that, you say, I need to make things right with God today. And I want to have faith enough to make that move. Anyone like that?
and the smoke was rolling on him. My dad began to intercede and pray for that driver. And I want to tell you, he said, Shannon, all of a sudden I heard the jaws of life.
Thank you for listening to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFND.com.